Healthy Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. Steven requested for me to say this, and I'm not going to say it. I'm here with the insufferable Steven Galindo. <laughs> and since he was on the pre-Super Bowl episode, we, th- we thought we'd get him on the post-Super Bowl episode. Here's Lex again. Hello, hello. Wait, 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 wait. I told you, introduce me <laughs> as the Super Bowl champion. I'm basically the equipment manager. I'm basically the social media guy for the back-to-back Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. What's up, everybody? As I said before, you can doubt us. You can hate us. You can not want to see us succeed. But at the end of the day, we are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to rub it in. All right. Lex, it's great to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. So, all right. So, first of all, Steven, this is an audio format. Maybe maybe you, you guys will see it. Maybe you won't. Steven has, you know, if you go to the gas station and buy one of those Monster Energy hats. <laughs> But he has one, but it has the Chiefs logo on it. And I'm going to say this before we get started. I'll give I'll give Steven the floor. Um, I was, as of last episode, picking the 49ers. I decided to switch it to the Chiefs. It just didn't feel right. I decided to switch it to the Chiefs. I said in the group chat so it's on the record. You know, show <laughs> show us show us the emails. Um, but <laughs> but I uh, but uh. I'm not going to congratulate you. I still wanted both teams to lose somehow. I wanted, I wanted, I don't know what I wanted to happen, but I'm, I just wanted Goodell to cancel the game at some point. But <laughs> I'll give you the floor, Stephen. No, I don't. I don't got much to say other than I told you so. That's it. That's all I got to say. I okay. called it at the beginning of the playoffs. You doubted them against Miami. You doubted them against the Bills. You triple doubted them against the Ravens, and then you even you even went against your whole entire belief as a Rams fan and chose the 49ers, even though you changed your mind later on. I'm sure you had to go back and really think about it and reflect. You had some private reflection time. But here we stand, the week after the Super Bowl, the Chiefs come out victorious. There's nothing else I need to say. Other than I can't wait until next year when we get back into fantasy, baby. I'll tell you this one last thing before we move on. I tell my wife this every year before fantasy starts. And I think I might have told you this before, but if I don't win a fantasy championship, a Super Bowl championship is just as sweet. So I could live with all my failures this last year in fantasy football because we are champs once again. So I'm going to leave it at that. Let's jump into, you know, just reviewing this game here, what y'all thought. Um, There were some good commercials. I mean, I think we can have a little fun here because it's the last game of the season and um, the halftime show. I mean, hey, it was a banger. You know, if you're a millennial, it was a banger. I mean, Usher, I can't can't deny him man i can't deny his greatness hmm. he, he had a little controversy over the last 10 years though but uh well, we won't get into that <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love that you bring uh, it up you're like, but let's stay clear <laughs> yeah i'm not we, we won't talk about it but i just i don't know a lot of a lot of uh hypotheticals accusations mm-hmm. 
I mean, but, who doesn't have an accusation nowadays, dude? Like every <laughs> single celebrity has an accusation or something. I'm not trying to get wild. I know this is a fantasy football, but I'm going to throw it out there. The Usher, uh, halftime uh, okay. show. the Usher halftime show was better than the Rihanna show last year. I'm going to die on that hill. And so I hope you die alone. So, so be it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's thousands of females that will die on that hill with me. So 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 I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh the usher show was good it's just i i don't know like usher was like when i grew up listening to music and you, you guys know you I was don't like, listen ah. to music anymore or what <laughs> nah, i listen to podcasts no <laughs> uh when i was growing up listening to music uh you know i was into hip-hop and stuff but i don't know like every time like the usher song came on i was just like eh, whatever you know like um there was there was some songs that I was like, oh, I remember listening to that, or I remember having it, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever like purposely downloaded an Usher song unless it was yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna say like, yeah, it was fine, it was cool, but it's better than some, it's not better than most. That that's my take on the Usher performance. <laughs> solid Lex. solid rating scale. Come on, Lex. Come on, Lex. You got well, to uh, help me out here. I got to admit, the, the, the intro of this episode so far has been a tough listen because I, I didn't expect Steven to come uh, so so uh, intense about the, the Chiefs. And now I'm like, I'm... I'm now I'm, you're wishing uh, you re- would have picked the 49ers? Yeah, yeah I'm regretting uh, <laughs> uh, picking the Chiefs. But uh, no, I, I'll give you this much. The Usher performance was very enjoyable to me, not only because... As a millennial, you know, like like Brian said, we kind of grew up around that music, even if Usher wasn't like, you know, the first CD that I would pop into my playlist. But uh, it made me realize how uh, talented this uh, this gentleman is, with, uh, which is not only with singing, but with like dancing. And he was doing both at the same time. And then he was even rollerblading halfway through. I was like, whoa. And so uh, I think it, it was like uh, the icing on the cake when uh, the song Yeah came on and Lil John came out and... Ludacris was there and I was like, all right, this is, this is dope. So yeah, yeah. like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you, did you like how disrespectfully he was all over Alicia Keys or? Oh dude, I, oof, I got jealous, dude. I forgot Alicia <laughs> was even taken. Uh, you're not the only one who probably got jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly, supposedly her husband came out and cleared the air and he has no issues with it. Um, it's all performance. It's Hollywood, you know. Like if they would have, you know, kissed, then I think okay, maybe. <laughs> imagine, imagine or like they, told, they, they, they told him how it's going to go, and he's like, "Don't worry about Swiss Beats. It's ho- it's Hollywood." <laughs> he's like, "All right, I guess." Well, now that you said that, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, what what did he really do? Like, just hug her from behind? I mean, it's it's okay. it's part of being famous and and performing on stage. Like, you you know, like I, I think it's it's kind of that nostalgia effect because right after the show, boom. His uh, new tour, you know, promo comes out, and you know now he's going to sell a bunch of tickets for that show. So the, the uh, first, I think, I think, the, I think the, we don't look at it bigger than what it was. It was one just of a the, good show. That's all. Uh, one of Usher's tour dates, I believe, is the first concert that's going to be at the Intuit Dome. Mm. Oh, there you go. There, you, won't, a... you won't be there, or what? <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Move on. Do you want to eat... game, though? Let's talk about the game real oh, quick. Oh, you don't? Okay. I figured we'd get all the BS done and then we could talk about the game. But all right. What's your favorite commercial? Okay. My favorite commercial, since we're getting the BS out of the way, I even I wrote things down in my phone here. My favorite commercial, I think that kind of, other than the Deadpool trailer, 
because mm-hmm. Marvel, I think Marvel's going to hit on that one. Finally, after all these, you know, other movies that have sunk. And I mean, mm-hmm. I won't even get into that, but the Arnold Schwarzenegger State Farm that was commercial good. was really good because the whole Neba was really, really good. And then at the end, you know, they bring in Danny DeVito and I think it was just the icing or the, the cherry on top. It's a good commercial way to play the words. And Arnold is always like, I mean, Arnold's Arnold, right? Like, I think he's just a, an all around good guy. So I think that had to be my favorite commercial. All right. What about you, Lex? Yeah, I might have to go uh, full nerd mode here, and and I'm gonna have to say the Deadpool one because that's the one where it, it just it, the anticipation of it finally like coming out, and it was just like the little like a uh, teaser trailer uh, during the actual Super Bowl commercials, and I was so excited, and it was just enough that it got me to like actually watch the full trailer on on YouTube on my phone uh, to the point where I even missed some commercials. So I'll go full nerd mode, uh, Deadpool trailer. I agree with Steven. I think, um, you know, it's been a slow couple of years for Marvel. And even just with the trailer alone, you could kind of tell it has those vibes of like the Infinity War endgame era or the uh, the Spider-Man where, you know, like all those guest appearances, you know, occurred. Right. Um, and so it kind of has that vibe to it. And I'll have to go Deadpool on that one. I feel like, uh, just to touch on that a little bit, and this is probably not a conversation for a fantasy football podcast, but, uh, <laughs> I feel like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is at that point in his career where at least everything he touches is going to be at least fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it won't be bad. Um, I, my favorite was the Dunkin' Donuts one with Ben Affleck, Tom Brady, <laughs> and, and Matt Damon. It was actually pretty fun. It was like nice. less so Ben Affleck, more so Tom Brady and Matt Damon's uh, <laughs> uh, sidebars in there. I thought it was I thought it was comical. Yeah, Tom yes. Brady was in a lot of those commercials. He was <laughs> throughout the game. I wonder what the over and under of what percentage of Tom Brady commercials was, but um, like I want to know was Tom Brady in more commercials throughout the whole Super Bowl than there were total Timu commercials. Throughout the Super Dude, Bowl, there are so many Timu commercials. What the heck is Timu? Right, it's I the don't same, know it was it the is. same commercial too, right? They just did. Yeah. yeah, they blew up and they spent all that money on these, you know, advertisement uh, spots it, there. So I don't know what it is. Is it like a Wish dot com kind of thing? You know what it is? It, it's and I don't know how many people are going to get this reference, but I think Steven will get it right when I say it. I, I want to say it's the Shein of Amazon, <laughs> if that makes sense. So it's like the cheapest, like poorest quality products but it's supposed to be mm. like just random products that you could get like anything there but it's definitely not legit <laughs> legit so like wish anyways. so like wish yes exactly like wish yeah okay i, I just right. took, I took i took the long way of what you just said <laughs> yeah you're like, hey, let me tell you what it really is and then you're like actually at the end yeah. of it you're like it's wish uh um all right so let's talk about the game then steven i know you want i know you've been thinking about this for like two days you know your hands have been sweaty You've just been sitting at home. You're like, I really want to talk about this game. You have two people on who don't want to, but we'll, we'll give you the light of day. Hey, we're a fantasy football podcast, and we don't want to talk about the Super Bowl. Well, uh-huh. the, I don't, there's there's not I'm much excited. fantasy going on. It's just a game that no one wants to watch. <laughs> well, if you're into fantasy football, I'm sure you're into football in general. So the Super Bowl is a big topic. I get it. You guys can hate. I'm going to let you hate. I'm going to give you your opportunity to hate. 
it is okay. I am okay with it. I've come to realize that in the beginning, everybody wanted the Chiefs to win. Hell, this is the, uh, you know, when you win too much, people want to see you, you lose. And I was the same way with the Patriots. I hated seeing the Patriots win. I'll admit it. I hated Tom Brady. But as I got older and as I saw, like, you know, like the, the Mamba mentality, the Michael Jordan greatness, like you start to appreciate it. And I think right now everybody's going to hate and they won't really appreciate so much of Patrick Mahomes' talent and his leadership and all those great things. And you know what? And just take away take away the players. Andy Reid is a hell of a coach, man. I mean, like, you and I coach um, youth basketball. You know, you know, how hard it is to just motivate even kids. And for him to take a whole room full of grown men and lead them into, you know, uh, the stretch that they've had over the past five, six years, like, it's amazing. Even what he did with Alex Smith and before we were even like considered really good, like he's, I think, put himself as a top five coach all time, in my opinion. Um, so that's what I'll leave that at. The game was amazing. I was scared in the first half. I couldn't even enjoy, I couldn't enjoy the full compliment of the Usher performance because I was so upset with how we looked in the first half. I was really like, man, are we really going to come out and, and, repeat how we looked against the Bucks. Like we just couldn't move the ball three and outs. Defense was doing work. I mean, to hold the Niners to 10 points in the first half, that's pretty good. Our defense has carried us all year. So, I mean, like I was expecting it to be more of a defensive game. Something happened during the, you know, halftime uh, break and they came out and they looked amazing. At least in my opinion, um, they were able to move the ball down. You know, Patrick Mahomes had three or four decent drives, um, you know, receivers were getting open. Even they featured Justin Watson a little bit, right? I'm always like, what, Justin Watson? But um, the Niners kind of just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the script. Maybe the script <laughs> is why the Niners stopped utilizing Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the guy was, when you watch Christian McCaffrey run, you see no space. You see nothing there. You're like, he's going to get tackled for a loss. He's going to get tackled for no gain. And then all of a sudden you look down at the little um, animation at the bottom and it says, you know, second and, and four or uh, third and, and or second and one. Like, how does this guy get all these yards from nothing? Mm-hmm. I mean, Christian McCaffrey really is, and we're going to get into this later, he really is the number one pick next year. Like, I will say that I would pick his, Christian McCaffrey over anybody in the top five, you know, as far as consensus rankings go. Christian McCaffrey is that dude. I think he's going to, he might not repeat as the number one running back overall, but I think he's a solid first uh, pick overall. You know what you're getting. I mean, the guy can catch the ball. The guy can run the ball. The guy can do it all. So I was a little nervous. We can jump into the overtime rules right now um, because I know there was a lot of controversy of, oh, Kyle Shanahan should have done this or he should have done that. Look at, he's the coach. He made the decision. I respect him for making that decision. It did look bad that all the players were like, oh, we don't know the rules. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I don't know what that was. You know, like, you should have been prepared. This is the biggest game of your life. It's the Super Bowl. You should know the rules. If we get into overtime, this is our strategy. Like, you got to know those things. But I don't 100% put it on Kyle Shanahan. There were, you know, the punt. Like, just some some miscues from the Niners that I think kind of cost him in the end. But um, overall, I think it was one of the better Super Bowls. I mean. Of course, when your team is in the Super Bowl, you want them to just win by a lot, right? Like, 
you want them to kill the other team. But I mean, as far as like a good game goes, like I think this was a good game. It was close all the way to the end, went into overtime. I don't know how many um, Super Bowls have gone into overtime. I and, believe um, you know, one other one. One other one, did. right? Yeah. So, I mean, overall, it was it was a great game. I have to say, it was a great game. Um, I felt a little dizzy in the third quarter because I was like so <laughs> nervous. And I mean, like I'm a diehard fan, man. Like when you're a diehard fan, you live and die for your team. And I think Lex can, you know, feel that with the Dodgers and you with the Clippers. Like whether your team is good or bad, you're going to be there and you're going to yep. defend your team and. Um, that's where I'm at with the Chiefs. So um, I'm happy, of course. And uh, again, I told you guys it was going to happen. And here we are, <laughs> you know, the week after the Super Bowl and it happens. So um, those are my thoughts on the game. I don't know if you have anything to add um, as far as no, the game just, goes. Just in general, I know you as a human being. And if anyone deserves this less, it's you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Uh, <laughs> But uh, I'll, I'll admit, like uh, there there was moments where I was during the game. It's kind of like one of those things, like when you're when you when you don't really like either team, you're just kind of like mm-hmm. hoping for certain things. Like my parlay was cooked about by, by halftime, so then I had to basically it's like now I have to watch it just for watching it. Now I can't <laughs> just root for things that happen on both sides. So. But in the first half, when, you know, CMC fumbled, I was like, oh, okay, all right, you know? And then, like, when Pacheco fumbled in the red zone, I was like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. they both they both had opportunities missed there. And I'll admit that Mahomes' drive in, in overtime was one of the most impressive things I've seen. It was yeah. very Tom Brady-esque. It was, you know, especially on, I think it was fourth and one, yeah. Um. Maybe I don't know, remember the yard. It was probably thirty yard line, something like that, something of that nature. And uh, the Andy recall to just basically, you know, do the RPO, mm-hmm. you know, option to the right, basically. Uh, and uh, instead of giving it to your, you know, your running back who could, who's been a very powerful runner all this season. Mm-hmm. Gives it gives the ball in the hands of the MVP basically, and then they just you know, and they continue going downfield. Um, it was impressive. Uh, one thing I want to say, uh, in general, because I think a lot of people are crapping on the 49ers and stuff, and I'm glad they lost, but um, I don't think Brock Purdy's the reason they lost that game. I think he actually played pretty well for being the last pick in the draft to be playing in the Super Bowl. He played pr- pretty well, to be honest with you. He made some some key throws and stuff like that. There's just been a few. There's just a few situations, for, like you said, like the punt, um, the game plan. They go away from CMC a little bit, you know. And I I don't think Kyle Shanahan. It's just like it's just one of those things where like I don't I don't feel like there's just like one person you could blame um on the 49ers for what happened. Uh it's just like it's just a bunch of unfortunate situations and you're also going against one of the better quarterbacks of this generation. So it's just, you know, you know, when you're the 49ers everything kind of has to go well and a few things didn't. Um it was Greenlaw's Achilles that tore right <laughs> and yep, just yep. just on a random you know jumping off the sideline kind of thing there wasn't even a play um 
And I, I think like I saw today, like the stat, the, the, the breakdown of his replacement gave up X amount of completions, X amount of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was like a QB rating of X, Y, and Z and the percent. And it's just like, uh, that's another thing. Like, I don't think that's specifically the reason either, because if that was the case, the chiefs would have won by like 14 points, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, it was a good Super Bowl. I think it's better than uh, some of the other Super Bowls I've seen in the last maybe five to ten years, but it was still enjoyable because of the teams that were in it. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs are good. The Dynasty is officially here. Um, would I like the Dynasty to stop at some point? Absolutely. <laughs> but but it is. I'm going to give credit to the Chiefs. Um, and you, uh, yeah, Steven, you're going to, I guess, you know, you get to enjoy this. You know, not everybody gets to enjoy a dynasty in their lifetime. Uh, the closest thing I, I think I came to a dynasty was the USC run in the early 2000s. Um, the Rams have put together like four or five years of good football in the early 2000s. And then recently they put some good football together, but only one championship in both runs. It's extremely hard to win in the NFL. You know, so kudos to the Chiefs. Um, I hope that the team becomes too expensive to keep these players. I hope everyone ages out and then they just become very mid for <laughs> five or so years. But you get to enjoy these moments while you have them, Stephen. Uh, but uh, I'll give the floor to Lex. Before we jump into Lex real quick, mm-hmm. you know, we, we real quick, we talked about, um, you know, going away from the game plan. Why didn't they stay with CMC? And like, you know, because I think a majority of our listeners are males and they probably play Madden, you know, on their (laughs) Xbox or their PlayStation. It's like when you're playing Madden, you know, you're playing online and uh, you guys will definitely relate to this because we play together Mm -hmm. and maybe we're only down by a touchdown or maybe we're tied, but we just cannot make a stop on the other side of the ball. We start to change our game plan up a little bit. We shy away from the run or we start to do things that we normally wouldn't. And then that's when mistakes happen. And I think mm-hmm. that's just a part of the game. It's a chess match. And so obviously, like you said, when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side, like you can't just settle for field goals. You got to start making, you know, bigger plays. You can't just move the ball down the field and then punt the ball at the 50 yard line or whatever. So um, I think it's just a bunch of different things that, that came up. And obviously, you know, the chips fell or the cards fell the way that uh, the chiefs needed. And so, you know, here we are. So, um, I think that's a great uh a great point there, Brian, of of, of what you make. So Thank you. What did I you make- think about the game, Lex? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I just have a couple quick comments that uh you know I think I probably would have been disappointed regardless of who won the game, but uh I, I feel like I do have a, a greater dislike for for the forty ers uh just by a little bit but overall it was a fun game i gotta admit it was a very fun game it felt like a special game right like the defense was playing extremely hard all game uh the first quarter sort of reminded me of of the rams versus falcons game but different because it felt like even the defense was exciting as opposed to to the other super bowl i just mentioned and so yeah it was it was a fun game throughout all the way to the end and 
it to the point where it delayed sort of like a, an outing, right? A night out with a couple of my friends that we were, I was supposed to have. And turns out one of my buddies was watching the Super Bowl. And then even our third friend, who's a female, she never watches football. And out of nowhere, she started texting like our group chat of uh, all the updates. Like, man, this is exciting. Man, this is this. Man, this is that. I was like, oh, wow. So and and it kind of got me curious. And turns out, I don't know if you guys seen the statistics, but according to The Guardian and NFL.com, this was the most viewed Super Bowl of all time with 123 million viewers. So it felt special and it felt like everyone was watching, even like my friend who doesn't watch football. And uh turns out, yeah, most viewed. I, I want to say that's Taylor Swift and not Steven, why people watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah, people don't watch the Super Bowl because of me. Yeah. <laughs> you would think you would think, but I I want to I want to set the record straight. <laughs> right? I want to I and let me set the record straight um now that we won the Super Bowl. The whole Taylor Swift thing. Hey, you know what? It's a phase. So you you ride the phase until the next phase and you know, we'll see what next year brings, but um as long as come, you know, mini camp, come, you know, training camp time, we're we're locked in and ready. <laughs> like I think uh I think we have a chance to to get that first ever 3 peat. You you calling her a fake fan? I'm not calling her a real fan. It it is frustrating that she's been a fan for like four months. If her boyfriend, (laughs) if her boyfriend was Joe Burrow, she'd be at the Bengals game. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that she's a real fan, but you know what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like it it is frustrating that she was a fan for like four or five months and she's already witnessed the Super Bowl. Like we don't, we all don't get to (laughs) enjoy that sports fans. Dang, I'm I'm the only Swifty here. She picked the right guy. That's why. So. Uh, to be honest, uh, as a human being, I enjoy Taylor Swift and stuff like that. Like, I wish. Yeah. I personally wish she was dating Puka Nakua, but Puka Nakua is already taken. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is. It is what it is. You want to you want to get into some actual fancy football before we end the year off? Yeah, no, let's get into this fantasy football because I'm ready to debate you guys to the very end. Okay. Blood, sweat, and tears until my last breath. I will debate you on top five. Um, I think we kind of already debated a little bit, but yeah. where do you guys want to start? What skill position do let's you want to start? Let's start with quarterback. So we're each going to give yep. our top five. And what, what's clarified? Do you want to say what we think? Okay, top five quarterbacks who we think should be picked in this order. Let's do it that way. Let's not do ADP. Let's not do no no particular order. Just like top five in general, or top five. Try to do top five in the order that you think they should be picked. Okay, let's go from five to one. So five gotcha. to one. Okay. So and because Lex is our special guest today, he's going to go ahead and lead us off on this beautiful journey. Absolutely. So, uh, five to one. I'm going to go five, four, three, two, one, and then I'm going to pick. You know, I'll just have like a little little note to say on my number one here. But as far oh, as quarterbacks, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you were able to see my paper. Um, so number five, this is going to be a little risky, but I'm just feeling good about um, Anthony Richardson. So I think there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of upside there. You know, it was a it was a bad injury that 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 uh, you know sidelined him for the rest of the year, but. I don't know. Is there something about like that that sophomore comeback that I like about Anthony Richardson? Number four, I'm gonna go Josh Allen. Number three, I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's gonna fall that far down after a disappointing end to the season. Number two, Lamar Jackson. I like his uh 
his chances coming off of uh, an MVP year and number one based off ceiling. I'm going to have to go CJ Stroud. Um, not only does he have such a, such a nice floor as a rookie already, but I love that he probably has one of the best ceilings out of all quarterbacks going into next season. And I'm referencing the game against Tampa Bay where he had 41 fantasy points. That's insane. My number one is CJ Stroud. So, based on this, so uh, you would pick CJ above all those other quarterbacks next year if you have the opportunity. Absolutely. Real quick, run down the list of your top five again, but this time, where would you where would you um, draft them? What round in a redraft league? Ooh, interesting. So, so like, yeah, what round would you draft CJ Stroud? I would, I would see if I could get him at round two. Uh, round three might be asking for too much, but uh, round two or three is where I would hope to get him. Okay. So the next person was Lamar Jackson. So where would you pick him? <sighs> this one, probably around two or round three, which is why if I had to pick between the two, I would probably pick CJ. So I feel like they're kind of in the, the same round two, round three tier of quarterback. Jalen Hurts was three, right? Yeah. And he, now so him, he is he okay. I'm hoping he would fall to round four because what I would hope in this situation is that people would be too scared to um pick him. Um it, it's it's also, you know, we we're definitely doing this uh for funsies a very early uh draft uh projections, right? So yeah. there is the possibility that the Tush push gets banned. If that gets banned, then I would maybe wait till round five. If it doesn't get banned, I like round four as like a nice value pick. I probably wouldn't get him round three anymore, though. Okay. And then Josh Allen's number four. Yeah. So this one, I I, th- I feel like Josh Allen's going to go off the board round two. And that that kind of puts a, a possible flaw in my ranking. But I just like CJ Stroud's uh, uh, sophomore. Um, projections here but yeah i feel like josh allen's gonna go too high for me to pick to be honest okay and then uh who's number five again anthony richardson so for this one um i remember i had drafted him actually in the garage league last year and i I was able to wait a long time this was like eight nine ten um i feel like he's gonna be able to sneak all the way down to at least seven eight or ninth round Mm-hmm. Maybe just because people might be afraid of the injury. Okay. You want to go, Steven, or you want me to go? Sure, I'll go. Okay. Because my list is way different. Kind of. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming in at number five for me. Number five, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy ended the season at number six overall. I think they're going to have the same pretty much unit going into next year. I think he did a pretty good job overall. Like, you know, whether you think he's good or you think he's a game manager in fantasy football, all that matters is points and he put them up. So um, it looked like he was averaging around 17 points a game, uh, but I think that'll increase next year um, by a little bit. And so I'm going to have him as my number five. My number four is then going to be CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. And 
real quick before I get kind of go down, like further go down, I had Jordan Love and Brock Purdy kind of fighting for number five, so that might switch up later, but mm-hmm. I think Brock Purdy kind of just um, <laughs> edges him out a little bit. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> number four, I have CJ Stroud. And the reason I have CJ Stroud a little bit lower is because his um, his rushing ability, like his rushing floor, um, isn't as good as some of the other quarterbacks. And so I, I don't think that, um, you know, he's going to have that. Yeah, he has a pretty high ceiling, but in fantasy, you're looking for every advantage you can get. And I think like the top three guys have a little bit of uh, a little more rushing capability or the top two guys have a little more rushing capability. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm then going to go at number three with Patrick Mahomes because um, I don't think that he's going to be as like those dominant, Chiefs passing with Tyree Kill. I don't think I think you know they're not there right now, and we'll see how the off season goes and how their draft goes. But I think they have a good receiver in Rasheed Rice, obviously Travis Kelsey, um, and the rest of the gang. But I think they'll figure it out this upcoming season, and they'll improve on, um, you know, they'll improve offense overall. And so I think he's going to become you know not dominant as he has been in the past, but he's going to be you know that top tier fantasy quarterback. And then number two, um, I got Lamar Jackson. This one was kind of hard because I was kind of him and Mahomes kind of switched two or three. But I think Lamar has a little bit more rushing upside. Um, you know, he also isn't a bad passer. Although the Ravens passing offense wasn't very impressive this year. Um, you know, we could only hope that it gets better. I know their offensive coordinator has gone to L.A., um, I think, to be with the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I believe so. Quote me. Um, so I think, you know, still though, Lamar Jackson put him at number two for me. And then number one, like he can't be denied. I can't deny the fact that this guy's just an overall, um, he's an overall beast, man. He's a dog. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, again, he not only does he have high rushing upside, but the guy passes the ball pretty well and the offense looks good. So I know they got to make a couple tweaks, but I think, you know, you unlocked um, James, is it James Cook? You unlocked James Cook. Um, you got Stefan Diggs. Gabriel Davis looked better this year. You you have a weapon in Shakir. Um, and then, you know, just the rushing ability. You know, I think he's just – he ended the season with 392 fantasy points. Um, Jalen Hurts ended the season with 356. Why is Jalen Hurts not in my top five? I don't know. I, I'm just not seeing it. If the tush, push get, the tush push gets eliminated, he had 15 rushing touchdowns uh, this past season tied with Josh Allen. Um, I don't think, you know, if the tush push gets eliminated, I don't think he's going to have that many uh, rushing touchdowns, which kind of lowers his um, ceiling. And then again, his passing touchdowns, I think he, he, let's see what he had. He had 23 passing touchdowns. It's kind of middle of the pack. So I'm uh, I'm a little low on, on uh, Jalen Hurts this, this upcoming year. Obviously, like he's for sure in the top 10, but top five, I'm kind of iffy on him getting in there it could change throughout the season but um that's kind of where where i have him josh allen he's gonna go you know mid to late second round uh lamar jackson i I see him going mid to late third round patrick mahomes right after him in the fourth round uh what's it called uh brock purdy probably somewhere in the in the sixth seventh round and then um, who did I have over there? C.J. Stroud, um, probably somewhere right after Mahomes in the fifth round. I think quarterbacks probably. Uh, I want to say that they're going to fall in the drafting rounds. Like I know this year it was kind of like 
late second, early third. I don't know, Josh Allen though, like I mean, 392, the next guy had 356 and then you just continue to go down like that is that is some good numbers there, but yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, you know, the quarterback is a very important position as you know, Brian and I have said before. Um and I don't know how you feel about quarterback selects, but I think a strong running back and a strong quarterback are kind of the core to a good team. Wide receivers mm-hmm. are so I don't want to say dime a dozen because obviously the elite are the elite, but I feel like you could still get a solid wide receiver in the, you know, uh, third round, fourth round where like Mm -hmm. it can carry you as to where like a running back and a quarterback are really hard, like a a dominant running back and quarterback are really hard to find. So correct. that's kind of where I got my guys. All right. Yeah. I was going to, the Jalen Hurts was going to be a follow-up. Too. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about him. Um. All right, all right. So my number five is because he actually ranked out of the top five this year. But if I'm looking at the quarterbacks above him getting to get back in the top five, I think he could probably surpass them again, and that would be Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes would be, I, and I actually think I might be underselling him a little bit. We'll see where the ADP has him in August or July and August, because I wouldn't be surprised if ADP has him back in the top three. But the performance he had this season, you know, he was throwing a lot of games under twenty points toward the end of the season. You know, so we'll, we'll see. But I think him, his talent, the Chiefs' offense, he has the capability to get back in the top five. And um, the difference between him and the top five is it depends on the format of your league. Some leagues are six points or touchdowns and et cetera, but it's only about 30 points or so. It depends, you know, for him to get back in the top five. And that's all that is, is getting those 17 point games to about 21 point games. And then all of a sudden he's in the top five again, you know? So mm-hmm. also some of these situations are game script, you know? Um, but so Patrick Mahomes is number five. I'd put CJ Stroud at number four. Um simply because um he is a rookie, he had a good year, but he did miss some time. So I know health could possibly be another issue. Um the Texans had a better offensive line this year, but there's still some question marks there. So and it's also if CJ Stroud's uh Weapons could be healthy too. I think it's important for the Texans to establish a running game so CJ Stroud could be, you know, more successful. But um, he's number four simply because I think he has the upside. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he fell out of number five just because some second year quarterbacks do tend to decline just a little bit before they get back to their ceiling a little bit. But he wouldn't technically be declining if he's in the top five because he was in the top. He was barely in the top 10 this year because he missed a couple weeks. So I'm going to see just shot number four. And to be honest, in August, I might just pick someone else there. But um, number three, I have a little bit more uh, confidence in Jalen Hurts to be able to be successful without the tush push, too. Um, I think. Um, Philadelphia is gonna is gonna have a new offensive coordinator, I believe, um, and I think uh, they'll be creative enough to get you know when Jalen Hurts is your weapon, you got AJ Brown. Um, 
we'll see what happens with DeAndre Swift. But I think like they're, he's a talented enough quarterback where he could still be the, the third ranked quarterback this year. And number two, Lamar Jackson. Um, we'll we'll see. You know, different coordinator there. We'll see uh, if they were to pick up a Derrick Henry of sorts or any other elite running back that will take points away from Lamar Jackson. We saw Gus Edwards, you know, take what would have been considered Lamar Jackson touchdowns two to three years ago, were Gus Edwards touchdowns this year. And I know that was part of the game plan going into this year is to have um, the running backs take those bumps more than Lamar Jackson to keep them healthy. But um, Lamar Jackson, I think, would be number two. And number one, yeah, it's Josh Allen. And even Josh Allen at points this year did not look himself. He still is like 100 points better than quarterbacks that are out of the top 10. And he's still 40 points better than the second-ranked quarterback this year. So uh, until until he's taken off the hill, I feel like you got to rock with Josh Allen. And uh, it feels like the Bills are going to work on getting things together. I know the Bills are going to have their own salary cap issues this offseason, so I wouldn't be surprised if key players get cut. Um We'll probably maybe we'll talk about this in the tight end segment, but we'll see what happens with Dawson Knox because I don't know if that'll open up Kincaid and stuff like that. But um, that'll be my top five. If we're going based on how I think things normally go, Josh Allen is probably a quarterback taken in round two. Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts are probably round three. Uh, CJ Stroud and Patrick Mahomes are probably four round four ish, five ish, I think. I, I think this year we're going to have people take the top three quarterbacks, which usually happens in drafts. They take the top, top three quarterbacks, and then either the rest of the league freaks out and starts taking quarterbacks themselves, or the the rest of the league's like, all right, cool, those quarterbacks are off the board. And then it takes about another round or two before people start taking quarterbacks again. Well, it depends on your league. But, yeah, an interesting player, though, who's not in any of our top fives who finished in the top five was Dak Prescott. He threw a ton of passing touchdowns this year, a lot more than most people. And he was efficient enough. And so I, I don't know, like, do you guys have Dak Prescott right outside your fives? Or is it he's kind in, of like... He's in the top 10. He's, he's in, in the top 10. He threw for 36 touchdowns. I think it had a lot to do with kind of the strength of schedule. Okay. Um, I don't really think it had to do with like... Anything else? I mean, like I get it. Like I'm a couch potato right now. Like talking about <laughs> no, no, quarterback. Yeah, I get but, that. Um, I really think that like it's. I don't think he's gonna be top five. I mean, that's kind of all right. And know. and just real quick before we move on to running backs, Jordan Love. Do you have any love for him? Yeah, I had him and Purdy kind of fighting for uh, okay. that fifth spot there. All right, let's quickly go through running backs. Real quick though, when, before we jump into running okay. backs. Um, I know this episode is a little bit longer than normal, but it's a fun one. That's our, it's and, our last uh, one for a while, too. So. 23, 22, 21, 20. Since 2020, Josh Allen has been the number one fantasy quarterback three out of those four years. So that's just a little fact there. Um, and it depends on your league scoring. You know, Some leagues have funky scoring. But if you just do a standard scoring, um, he's been number one in, in three of the last four. So. All right. Uh, do you, does someone else want to start off with running back or should? Sure. I'll start off with running backs because I love running backs. <laughs> <Okay>. um, 
I love you guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, let's start with number five. At number five, I have uh, Jameer Gibbs. I think he's okay. going to take a step forward. He's going to probably handle a little more work. Um, we'll see how the Lions approach next season. But I think they're going to be a little more um, West Coast ish, you know, um, a little more running back, kind of similar to Christian McCaffrey, a little more running back designed uh, passes and whatnot. Um, at number four, I got Kyron Williams. Um, I mean, he had a tremendous season this year. Um, the thing that scares me or that kind of he- I hesitate um, putting him in the, my top three is just the utilization. Like, I think his snap share percentage started off the season, like the first five games or six games at like 97, 98%. And, you know, I mean, it decreased a little bit towards the end of the season, but it's just, I mean, he got hurt and he was out for a few games. I mean, that sort of utilization at that position I mean, you're going to get hurt, you know? And so uh, depending on what they do in the off season, like I just, I don't know. I don't think he can hold up again with being in the nineties as far as snap share um, goes. Uh, my number three running back is Bijan, Dijon mustard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bijan is going to take a step forward in his sophomore year. Um, I think he was not utilized the right way under Arthur Smith. And I think the whole fantasy community would agree with me. Um, I think the new coach is going to, and even in the press conference, they're like, oh, what are you excited about? He said Bijan and Drake London. So um, I think the offense is going to center around those guys. Hopefully they get Kyle Pitts involved. And this might be the year, this might be the year that Kyle Pitts um, you know, <laughs> gets that top three tight end uh, spot. So for me, number three is Bijan. Number two is uh, Brees Hall. And the only reason he's number two is because the number one guy is just – something else, not of this world. But Brees Hall is number two because, uh, you know, his his last stretch of the season, he looked healthy. He looked really good. And then if you add Aaron Rodgers, I think, you know, if this Jets team is able to move the ball down the field or at least teams, you know, having to worry about the pass, um, I think, you know, that's just going to open up running lanes for Brees Hall. And, I mean, the guy looked really talented. Not only can he run the ball, but he can catch the ball and move in space. So uh, Brees Hall is number two for me. And then number one, I mean, I don't really need to explain it. CMC, Mm. the guy's a monster. The guy's a beast. I mean, what else is there to say? Like, this guy is – he led me to my uh, Garage League Fantasy Championship. And so he has a special place in my heart. But he's number one overall. Um, number one, you know, for me overall of all positions. So that's my top five. He does turn 28. So I'll go, I'll go next to switch it up a little bit. Um, to be honest, I think all our five is going to be the same, just in different order. Uh, I have at number five, I have Bajan Robinson. Uh, I do think, um, like we see, we saw in the press conferences and stuff like that, the team I think is just in uh, in uniform and saying, you know, Robinson's going to get his touches and um, he's talented enough. I think Jamar Jamar Gibbs is going to be number four. Uh, I think he's going to take a step up. His his stats for the most part are not that different than the players that are flirting with the top five right there like once you like look at cmc and stuff like that and um and you start looking at all the other players stats first uh gibbs is not that far behind a lot of these players and gibbs like didn't really spark until halfway through the year so i think full year with gibbs 
you know, put him in the top five. I still think Montgomery is going to eat some of those touchdowns, um, but we'll see. Maybe they'll actually uh, cater more to Gibbs next season. Maybe even um, Montgomery will be playing somewhere else. Who knows? Um, but number three, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with Brees Hall. Uh, I I think that Brees Hall situation a lot is um, catered to the idea of like, well, if Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy, if the Jets do this, if the Jets do that, Brees Hall is going to have, and I, Brees Hall was able to do it this year with all those things stacked against him. But I think for for Brees Hall to take that next step up, and like you said, he looked really healthy, and. This is more of a debate between two and three and more so. But I, to be honest, I don't think you could go wrong with either one. But um, I think Brees Hall is in a less perfect offensive situation than I have number two. And number two is Kyron Williams uh, just because he's in a better offensive system. The Rams do, even though, like, yeah, I am concerned about his health. The Rams also are not someone who is not a team that really, and Sean McVay has historically not done the whole running back by committee unless he's absolutely had to. So Kyron's going to get all those touches and he's going to be the number one guy, even unless like they brought in an elite running back, which I don't think they would. But like if they brought in, let's just say hypothetically a Derrick Henry or Tony Paul or something, then yeah, then Kyron's going to have to split some of those carries. But I don't think it's not like they're going to draft someone in the second round. And then all of a sudden Kyron Williams touches are going to be dropped. So it's, they'd have to bring someone in significantly. So I think that's Kyron's team. I think more so affecting Kyron's situation is can Cooper cup and Puka stay healthy. So Kyron could, you know, open up the passing game for them and the passing game could open up for Kyron and stuff like that. So, I think Kyron has a better opportunity to be. This is where I think he should be picked. And then, like you said, number one, CMC. He does turn 28 this summer. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, like you said, he might not be the number one that you pick. That He might not be the number one running back by the end of the season, but he's certainly the number one running back you should pick in the draft. So, yeah. Crazy uh, to look at his, you know, fantasy points this season. He was almost about uh, he was like points. eighty points. He was eighty points ahead of number two, and then a, in PPR scoring, he was over a hundred points. Yep. Um, you know, ahead of the second, you know, number two running back. So, all right, Lex, on you. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, as Steven said earlier, the running back position super important. Uh, I think I learned the hard way this year uh, at the beginning of the season that my my running backs dwindled, and I. I I, I traded a couple ways that I probably shouldn't have, but thankfully it worked out by the end. Um, but yeah, sometimes in, in, in depending on your leagues, you'll have that one person who who hogs all the running backs, and that was definitely the case for for this past season. So definitely an important position. I'll go five, four, three, two, one. So number five, Rashad White. I know there's probably two or three running backs that both Stephen and Brian would probably pick above Rashad, but I'm actually just a big fan of. Although he only had maybe one or two ceiling spike type of games, um, that consistent floor from like a quarter of the way into the season all the way until the very end um, is just almost like a, a cheat code to have on your running back slot for me as as a fantasy manager. So I'm going to have to go number five, Rashad White. 
Number four, I'm gonna definitely go Gibbs. Um, you know, he kind of had that uh, rookie type of uh, slow start at the beginning, from what I remember. But then I think we all very much so remember that um, once he got it going, he literally did not look back. So if you look at like uh, weeks one through four, like eight, twelve, nine, nine. But then starting from week seven, it was like all in the twenties, basically with a. Uh, only one or two under 10, which is crazy. Um, so Jameer Gibbs is my number four. My number three, I'm going to have to go Brees Hall. I'm going to go Brees for number three um, because uh, similar to, to Gibbs, Brees also had a, a slow start. Um, and then he picked it up very nicely through the majority of, se- of the season. Um, a pretty good floor. But then he, he went wild absolutely wild in, in those last few games so i can see why Brees is um is a tempting pick to go like number one and number two but i don't know i've seen running backs in the past few years uh get you know 26 points 43 points 27 points and then not be consistent the entire year next year or get injured the next year uh fantasy football is a lot of there's a lot of risk involved too. So just because Brees has the third most points or the fourth most points of all running backs, uh, I'm he's definitely not my one or two. Uh, and I, yes, I'm just going to base it off feel and risk. That, that's how I did it this season. I, I think that's how I'm going to treat Brees as well. I'm not going to reach for him, but he's definitely my number three. Um, my number two is going to be big surprise, Kyron Williams. I have uh, Kyron Williams as my number two running back um, with him. I I just really like that he was, you know, a really good running back, got injured for a few games, and then after an injury, running backs don't do 38, 20, 14, 24, 16, 30. And especially the playoff run, 24, 16, 30. Sure, it was, uh, you know, a good schedule to have in the playoffs. But he was quite literally my fantasy MVP um, that got me to my ship. I'm going Kyron number two. But I am not that crazy. Obviously, number one is going to be Christian McCaffrey, CMC. And you literally just can't argue with the numbers. Um, you know, the 28-year-old thing could, could be a little scary sometimes. Like, because it the 28th year of a running back's life has claimed so many um, uh, careers in general uh, or slowed them down, I should say. But it's just so hard to argue against, you know, 20 points being your floor and then hitting 40 plus fantasy points twice in a season. So, you know, I, I have a huge soft spot for Kyron as a Rams fan and as uh, as someone who had him as, as, as my MVP for fantasy playoffs, but I'm not a crazy person i'm going uh cmc number one all right it's not too crazy but i will tell you this and i think we talked about this on the last show um there hasn't been a back-to-back number one running back you know since mm. 2002 so for him to do it this late in his career would be impressive that uh, is true but um, if anybody can do it i think it's uh you know christian mccaffrey so let's let's switch it up when we go to the is there any other thing you want to talk about with running backs before we go to wide receivers draft a good running back all right so yeah, let's absolutely. let's switch let's switch up the format just to see maybe this will go a little quicker i'm not sure we'll each give our fives then we'll each give our fours then we'll each give our threes and then we'll each give our twos and then we'll each give our ones 
Let's try that for wide receiver. We'll see if it goes a little faster. Maybe it'll slow us down. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Steven, who's your number five wide receiver? My number five wide receiver. I should have been ready with this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> My number five wide receiver is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Okay. Uh, how about you, Lex? All right. This is a risky one. I'm going Puka Nakua. All right. He number was five. He was around number four last year. All right. Number five, I'm going to Monroe St. Brown as my number five wide receiver. All right. Uh, let's go back to you, Lex. For number four wide receiver, I'm going Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. I'm going to go with AJ Brown as my number mm. four. And I have C. I have CD Lamb as my number four. Oh, I respect that. All right. He was number one this year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, number. Let's go number back to you, Stephen. Number three. For my number three, I have Amon Ra St. Brown. Okay. For number three, I have Justin Jefferson. And uh, for you, Lex? And just to copy off of Brian's test, number three, Justin Jefferson. Okay. No, stop looking at my notes. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then I'll... Well, I'll I guess... I'll do number two because at number two, I have Justin Jefferson. Oh, there you go. All right. Then back to you, Lex. Who's your number two? My number two, CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Okay. My number two, CD Lamb as well. I think we all have the same number one, right? Is it it Tyreek Hill across the board? I have Tyreek Hill. I have Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Number one. Tyreek Hill, I think, uh, for me, is going into next year in terms of. I would say the offensive stability uh, around him. I think Tyreek Hill is in the best position. Uh, mm-hmm. Amon Rossi Brown is in a really good position and he's really good. But to me, uh, it's just, I feel like his ceiling is always going to be flirting with the top five and not being number one. If that makes sense. Even uh, though he uh, ended the season in the top five. No, that's what I mean. Like he'll flirt with the top five always, but the get to number one. Yeah, he he was yeah he was number three last last year. Yeah, I don't know if he'll like. There's the 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 court the wide receivers that end up being number one are usually like fifty points maybe ahead, right? So, I was tempted to put C.D. Lamb number two, but like I said, the Dallas Cowboys situation. Uh, I I think I like the Miami situation a little better for Ty Tyreek Hill, mm. and um. I think there's a better chance for Tyreek to be number one than CD, but honestly, it's going to be the difference is going to be no more than probably like 15, 20 points. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the difference this year was nine points, or I'm sorry, 11 points. I have a uh, Puka right outside my five. Is there anybody right outside your five that you yeah. guys want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I got him at six. Yeah, I got him at I six as well. I have Puka um, at six and AJ Brown at seven. I have Puka at six and I have Jamar Chase at seven. All right. Uh, I, I think a, with a healthy, I think with a healthy Burrow, I think Jamar Chase kind of flirts with that. That's what I was thinking too. That top, or I mean, for me, he's in my top five. But <laughs> wait, did I put Jamar Chase in my top? Five? <laughs> Did I? I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm trying to figure out who was my number five then. 
I mean, I, I know Puka had a tremendous year, but Cooper Cup was out a while. Do you think? Do you no, know, I, think I, they're going to repeat that? Or no, I think Puka's going to be fine. I, I think Cooper's going to drop some value. Mm-hmm. Um, who did I say number five? I don't know. You tell me. I might have said Jamar Chase. <laughs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> uh, let's go to tight ends. Uh, everyone started with their number five. Uh, how about you, Steven? My number five is Evan Ingram. Okay. Uh, in some leagues, he was number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lex? My number five is Kincaid. Don Kincaid. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with a tricky one at number five, too. I'm going to say Trey McBride of the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. is number five. Uh, number four, Lex? My number four, Travis Kelsey. All right, Steven? Uh, I have David Njoku. Okay. I have uh, David Njoku, David Njoku too. <laughs> <laughs> David Nijuku as well. All right. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with my number three. I have TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, my number three is also TJ Hawkinson, but it's kind of dependent on the injury. Um, where, yeah, where he's looking at. Up. I think I mean, he could be back by the beginning of the season, but I don't know. Like, if he's going to mm-hmm. miss the first couple of games, um, I think he's probably going to drop a little bit down. It the depends rankings. on your league. But I just want to throw an interesting stat at, the, at you. TJ Hawkinson and Travis Kelsey uh, ended up around the exact same amount of points almost. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So, Both PPR and fantasy and regular fantasy. Yeah. Uh, who was your number three, Lex? Uh, my number three tight end, uh, Kittle. Okay. And then number two, Travis Kelsey. Steve. I also have Travis Kelsey at number two. Lex? Number two, I have Njoku. Okay, and then number one. Super high on him. Number one, is it Sam Laporta across the board? Yeah. I think across the board, Sam Laporta. Okay, yeah, Sam there Laporta, you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you feel the the Njoku thing wasn't just the Joe Flacco effect? He did, he did I, get pretty hot late in the year. Under mm-hmm. Joe Flacco. Under yeah. Joe Flacco, but... I don't know because like the the only thing that keeps me from putting him higher, and is the simple fact the simple flat simple fact that he's this isn't his first rodeo. He's always mm-hmm. been a fine tight end, but he's oh. never been a great tight end until last year. So and the we we're not he hasn't qu- had a quarterback like Joe Flacco though. So mm-hmm. yeah, he hasn't had one, but next year he's not going to have one either because they're going to go back to right. Watson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So, like, I be out of respect. I'm gonna probably I kept him in my top five, but um, just out of respect. No, because I, <laughs> I I do think like I would still pick him over Kittle. I'd still pick him over Komet, and I would probably pick him over Ingram, even though Ingram finished number one. Um, yeah. Like I'd still pick him over most of these Wait, people. Yeah. Ingram finished number six. Oh, and full PPR, he finished number one. I have that in front of me right now. I have Sam Laporta as number one. I'm not sure where we're getting our rankings here. Um, well, he's in the top five then. Let's just, let's just... 
<laughs> yeah, no, he's he's yeah, he's number two to Sam Laporta. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I I don't know. I just like in Joku's uh, nice floor that he's obtaining. I, I feel like he's uh, super athletic, and Joe Flacco, uh, I believe, came in week thirteen. Um, Joe Flacco's first game back, which was pretty late in the season, and Joku got three fantasy points there. Whereas before that, in reverse order, going from 12 and down, it was 11, 12, 11, 12, 17, 10. So 10 being week seven. So I like the consistency there. But then to your point, yeah, week 14 and on was like monster games, 27, 26, 16, and 17. So there you go. All right. Any final thoughts, guys? Yeah. uh, Who's your number five kicker? Uh, probably Carlson, kidding. the Green Bay one. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Bay one, not the Raider one. Yeah. Um, wait, no, isn't the Raider one better than the Green Bay one? Yeah, I think the Raider one's better. Uh, but uh, the Raider okay. one would be in my top two or three. No, oh, interesting. That's interesting that you'd have the worst of the two in the top five. Well, I already have the other one in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm surprised. That he, I don't. I didn't think that he was that good. I don't, to be honest, I'm not even sure. I was just making conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was just joking. <laughs> Steven's like, defend yourself. We don't joke in this show. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, someone's going to listen to this back. I don't remember who I picked for my top five wide receiver. You know who it was? Who was? Amon Ross St. Brown, I think. Oh, I did. Amon. Yeah. yeah. I want to say Amon Ross. Yeah. I went Amon, then I went. AJ, then I went Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Thank you. I was mm-hmm. I was looking at the rankings right now, and I'm like, <laughs> wait, who did I pick then? Because I'm like, I know I left Chase out. Okay. I'm just trying to get an internship as a stat guy for next season. Yeah, there Brian's, you go. Brian's not that guy. He's not I'm that not, guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> All right. Real quick. Apparently, real quick before, apparently, rankings were wrong. All right, what's up? Before Before we <laughs> sign off here. Heading into next year's draft, redraft league, twelve team league. Where do you want to draft? Like as of today, what number do you want to be in the draft? Um, four or five. I think I would like someone to pick CMC. I would like someone to take Brees Hall or Kyron, and then I'm left with whatever's left, so I don't have to make the wrong call. So I'd say pick round four or five, maybe. And then you're gonna make the wrong call at four or five. (laughs) I I always make the wrong call. And then to be honest, I wouldn't mind picking at eight, you know, eight or later in the first round because there's a lot of talent there, and I think like there's a lot of decent situations that are gonna present themselves. How about you, Lex? Um. You caught me look, trying to look up a stat that I vaguely remember, but I'm just going to go ahead and act like uh, I know what I'm talking about at the very end point that I wanted to make. But uh, so I, I I am definitely in a good position where I get to pick basically where I want to draft from at, uh, as the number one pick here. So I think the number one pick overall is very enticing because of CMC, and, and that's going to be something that I'm going to v- very much so consider. Just know if I if I take the number one overall pick, um, you know, as far as what what I where where my mind is at at February, right? We're not even close to the draft just yet. But if I take the number one pick, I'm most likely taking CMC. But I am considering jumping to the number six pick as well because um, that's where I drafted last year. That's what got me the ship, and I realized that I didn't have to wait too long 
for really, really, really good players each time. So like if there was one or two players that I was deciding on on choosing, or maybe even three players, chances are when it came back to me, uh, at least one of them would still be there and I, I'd still kind of have my pick. So I really liked the consistency of the number six pick. And what I was trying to find, I couldn't find it, but I heard somewhere that um, the draft position that yields the most fantasy championships, pick number six. All right. Yeah, we're gonna have to fact check you on that one. Then thank you, <laughs> Stephen, for making our show like five minutes longer. Uh, well, what about you, Stephen? <laughs> the people want to hear us before we go on in hibernation here. Um, I think number six is a good a good spot, but for me, I'm gonna take the uh, the latter half here, and I'm gonna say ten, eleven, or twelve. I, I like mm. I like being at the very end of the first round because you still get a good quality first round pick, and then basically you're getting a good like almost a first round pick and, you know, a top three second round pick. So for mm-hmm. me, I like that. I know it's a longer wait, you know, mm-hmm. come third round, unless you guys, you know, your league does the third round switch. Um, but I think 10, 10, uh, 11 or 12. And to your point, Brian, I think that makes you avoid those big decisions at the beginning. Do I take Tyree kill? Do I take Justin Jefferson? Am I taking CMC? Am I taking Brees Hall? Am I taking Kyron Williams? You kind of get to pick the best player that's available at that point so it's not really too much of a mind game so and and sometimes like and i don't know if you if you've seen this but like sometimes those second round players are players that were probably supposed to be first round players the year before but then it panned out but people still think they should be ranked high again because of who they are for example i'm I'm gonna think on the top of my head um uh like digs for example you know, first round selection last year, this year had an off year, still was in the top 10, maybe, uh, or top, at least top 12 or so, but he's not, you're not picking him in the first round again, right? So now he falls to the second round, but like, if you're, if you're not quite sure how you feel about Diggs, sometimes it's cool if you have those late first round picks, cause then you basically almost skip the entire second round <laughs> and then you're left with, so you get two, basically the way I look at it is you get two first round talents. If you have a late first round pick and then you get basically two third round talents, you know, instead of like getting a tenth of player based on what their round is. So it's like if if sometimes it works out that way and sometimes it doesn't. I remember I think when I won the championship, I actually decided to pick number 12. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I got to say emotionally, like if you're picking in the top five and you're top five pick doesn't pan out i feel like emotionally it's a lot harder to swallow than if you were at the end and you know you just happen to have that that person fall to you because if you if you mm-hmm. if you take in the top five or you take number one like let's just say you take cmc number one overall he gets hurt then, then basically the you're left with two th- mm-hmm. three round you're basically left with like two late second round picks that at that point you're trying to carry your team with that so you have to really yeah. draft well you know so Keep him like I think we had a person in our league last year get CMC and Josh Allen, both first ranked players in their position, but he struggled because you got to draft yeah. all the other situ- uh, positions well. So. He only struggled because he didn't check his lineup. So I'm going to throw that out there because <laughs> I know the commission listens to the podcast. I appreciate it. Lex, uh, can we plug you in real quick before we head out? Let the people yeah. know where they can find you and all your great fantasy advice. Uh, you can find me uh, on social media. Instagram and TikTok at a guy named Alexis, and uh, yeah, another show down the road at uh, the awkward side hug on Twi- uh, TikTok. I did the same mistake the last episode. 
Hey, we appreciate the gender neutral name. Uh, Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on Twitter? You can find us on Twitter or X at the OT Fantasy F Ball. Please stop by. Please say hi. Uh, we are going to be uh, hibernating for a little bit, like Steven said, but we won't be gone too long because the off season's around the corner. There's going to be some moves made in uh, March. There's going to be a lot of moves made in April. The draft is after that. Then all of a sudden we have camps. And then all of a sudden you realize we're back in July and we're going full swing again. So please follow us on your podcast feed, whether it's Spotify, Apple, um, Google, whatever you're using, you know, uh, please subscribe. So you can see when that next episode pops up, give us a listen. Tell us how we're doing. Please leave a rating. And we appreciate it because, like I said, you guys could be doing anything with your time, but you're spending it with us, and we appreciate it. 100% appreciate it. I'm going to take us out for the last time of the 2023 season. Um, Brian, I know you're going to love this one. We're not fortune tellers, <laughs> but I was fortunate enough to tell you that the Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>